I wanted to play Liesl. Um, everyone wants to play Liesl. Everyone Liesl. wants to play Liesl, of course. Mm. But I was wide and tall. And I remember the, I say director because, like, I mean, she, the religion teacher. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to Girls With Goals. I'm Neve Marr. I'm delighted to welcome my guest to studio today. My delectable colleague from her, Denise Curtin, is back with us. Hello. And also travel writer and blogger Nadia L. Ferdowsi, or Nadia Daily Self, Hello. as you're also known. Delighted to have you guys with us. Thank you. Denise, it's been a little minute since it I've has. seen you. I know, I've, I've missed being here. I'm really happy to be back on the couch. I've you. got a text wrapped how long ago? Oh, it's been a month now. It's yeah. been a month. Yeah. I can't believe it. It feels like it, it feels like yesterday. Yeah, it finished and then I jetted off. So now I'm I'm back in situ now. Yeah, you've been off trying to steal Nadia's yeah, job. I really <laughs> have. I'm here to get all the tips today and then I'm gonna I'm gonna pursue a new career. <laughs> this is this is what Denise it is. Curtin, travel blogger extraordinaire. Yeah. Um we're gonna start off with our game six words or less though so it's for any of our listeners and readers of her who may not know who you are so you have to describe yourself in six words or less so in your own time okay the first one's forgetful okay mm -hmm. i feel case. you on that one just in case uh, assertive spontaneous fun curious You got five. Six words or less, so you can do less. It's the yeah. name I of the only game. ever had five. Mm -hmm. So forgetful isn't a word that we see that often. Now, whether that's because people don't want to admit that they're forgetful or that they forget that they're forgetful, but have you ever forgotten anything that's been incredibly crucial? I have this fear all the time that... You've forgotten yeah, something. Yeah, all mm. the time. You know that when you go to the airport? I don't really get it that much when I go to the airport because I'm always like, if I have my passport, I'm fine. Yeah. But um, I think, I only realized this year, I think it's because I'm always learning so much new information. I go into new countries, yeah. different languages, yeah. and there's always new people and groups and stuff that it's a little bit of an overwhelming situation. It's a, it's, my brain can't handle the amount of new information I receive all the time. I feel like some people are either forgetful or they're not forgetful. Like I forget really big things at times. Like I forgot my passport before. I've forgotten things like if I'm going to the gym, I'll forget a top. Like things like this that I literally mm. can't, do without? Mine are, are more like, I can't remember who I went to school with. <laughs> and um, people tell me their secrets all the time because there's no way. Wait, that you'll remember. Yeah. They're yeah. like, do you remember I talked? I'm like, no. They're like, you know, that person was with that. I'm like, I don't remember that. Yeah, I have to say I'm absolutely horrific with names. I'm, te mm. I'm terrible. I'm very bad names. too. Yeah. I'm really, really bad at it. Like if somebody tells me their name, I instantly forget it. Mm. And it's not anything to do with them or the interaction that we're having. I just forget their name and I need to say it twice, sometimes three times. I forget times. to do that. I know that's the trick, but yeah. I forget to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm okay. just like, hi, Neve, nice to meet me. I think because your environment is changing so much as well yeah. when you're traveling that like when people are like, hi, I'm Sarah and I'm Kevin. And you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. And, then, and then it's a case that when you get the second breed, you're like, oh shit, what was their names again? You know, it's like that kind of, it hits you then. It is. <laughs> Speaking of forgetful, I'm literally forgetting to to do the show. So let's get back to what, yeah. we're, what we're gonna talk about. Um, so I wanna talk about your career. Um, I followed you for a really long time. You have an incredible online presence and blog as well. So if we go back a little bit to how you kind of got involved in travel writing mm -hmm. in the first place, was it something, like it's a hard career to crack into, but was it something that you always enjoyed doing when you were younger, traveling? Yeah, travel has, it's always been something that I've done. As, like as a family, we've always travelled. We used to go to Spain a lot, and we went to America when we were kids and stuff. 
Um, but I didn't think this could be a career, like a real job. Um, I was actually a makeup artist. So I went to college three times, quit the first two, and then makeup artistry, makeup artistry was the first one I actually finished. Okay. So I stopped doing things that I should do and just did what I wanted to do. And I worked as a makeup artist then for years. I was freelance and I started writing beauty and I became a beauty editor for a magazine. And while doing that, I was freelance. Um, I was asked to go on a trip and it was wine tasting in Spain because the editor couldn't go. My best friend, Vicky, she couldn't take it because it was a weekly magazine and they were going to press. Obviously, she couldn't take three days off. Mm. So she said, do you want to go wine tasting in Spain? Like, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely Hello. It's not yeah. even a question. And yeah. I'm mm. actually going back next week with her to the exact same place. So it's come like full circle five Stop. years later. Yeah. So I did that trip and then she was kind of like, look, you can write and you love travel. Why don't you try and do more of this? So I started to pitch to different publications, and it was all print at first, all magazines and newspapers, and I just searched for trips that I wanted to do, which is a bit different to how travel writing is done in Ireland. Yeah. A lot of it is, you know, a company will come to a publication and say, we have this trip to Spain, who wants to go? Yeah. Whereas I was searching for stuff that I wanted to do that are a bit different. Yeah. So the next one I did was sailing in Greece, and I just tried to find unique things and pitch it to different publications. And of course they would take it because nobody else was writing about that stuff. Yeah. But then I had all these images, and I was getting really into photography, and I had nowhere to put it because they only print a couple, if any. Lots of times they use stock images that have nothing to do with yeah. <laughs> your piece. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's in newspaper as well, so the quality is no good. So I started my blog, and I changed my Instagram from being you know just a personal thing to pictures of my work. And now I do much more social. That I still write for print. I still write for um, websites as well. Yeah. But it's just completely changed into a whole new thing that I just didn't ever dream of. And it was never my plan. Yeah. It just happened organically. But I suppose like the medium of, of travel blogging in general has changed because imagery is so crucial now in terms of like if we're scrolling through Instagram or whatever and we see like a beautiful picture of Sintra, you know, we're all just like, oh my God, I want to go there. And that's what kind of pulls you in first. But I find that I do go and actually read the blogs as well because I want all the information. Yeah, it's probably before you go on a trip, if you know you're going to Portugal, you'll go and read that. But I think people have stopped like just reading travel features for the sake of it. It's only yeah. if they really want to get the information. So I do try and make them quite factual so, you know, you can get the practical tips. Um, but it's definitely, like you say, so visual. You know, people are saving images to their folders on Instagram and like travel inspiration. Yeah. And everything goes in trends. Like I yeah. asked the other day where people want to go. And if I asked a year ago, it, it was, well, I did ask, it was all Bali, Bali. and Maldives. Yeah. And now it's Japan. Uh, well, that's obviously very current at the moment, and Alaska, and a lot more really different. It's not the beach holiday anymore. It's a lot more of experiences mm. and activities, and yeah, you just have to keep up with the changing trends. Do you see those trends coming before they hit? Like, you know, the way we, we talk a lot, we have a lot of, you know, fashion on site, and we've talked to designers a lot, and we always talk about the changing trends and, and how things kind of come into being. Like, do, do you see that coming? Because I remember as well, now I'm, I'm a full follower of trends. Like, I was in Bali, five years ago when the Bali craze hit. Yeah. I was in Japan this year. Do you know, like I, I follow <laughs> <That's> exactly <it. laughs> I follow the trends to a T, Alaska next year. Um, <laughs> but like, do you kind of sense that they're coming or is there more of an insight when you're actually in the industry? No, no, nobody's really talking about that so much. I mean, mm. you, you see some bits, but I think in Ireland, we are usually a little bit behind yeah. the trends. Um, but that's okay, you know, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that really. But uh, no, no, I don't really think there's no 
we don't get like a special email that tells us <laughs> what's going to be hot next year. I would love that. Yeah. I would love that no. too. To just be ahead of it. So when you mm. get that Instagram picture, you're like, yes, I'm here first. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> See, once it's all over Instagram, it's already happened. You it's know? already yeah. happened. See, yeah. that's the thing. Yeah. And that's probably why like trends fade fast as well in yeah. places where to go now. Like, is Bali old news now? I think it might be. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it? I yeah. So. Like, yeah. Sri Lanka was going to be the next one, but then obviously with the trouble. Yeah. It probably will come back. Yeah. Philippines have already had to close some beaches and stuff. Because yeah. me and my girlfriends were there five years ago and I remember at the time you know when we said Bali to people it was like what yeah, yeah. do you know how far you might as well just go to Australia that's far away yeah. and we were well chuffed with our decision I don't even know how we came to it and now like it's it's almost like going to Spain yeah isn't yeah. that a terrible no, thing because it no. is literally on the other side of the world but air travel is so much cheaper now as well yeah. it really isn't doesn't seem that far anymore yeah mm. absolutely I need to go to like the South Pacific to feel far yeah I mean the thing I, I always find interesting about travel writers and travel bloggers and we were talking about it a little bit before we came on on air in terms of you just got back from a holiday holiday so like how do you differentiate between a holiday holiday and what is essentially a work holiday because it all looks incredible but do the trips that you're on which are specifically for work feel like work to you I don't want to dash the dream or the illusion <laughs> yes but like completely different okay so everyone says oh you're always on holiday I wish. My job is essentially researching holidays for other people. Yeah. I'm not on my holiday. I'm not on my own time. I have an itinerary. I have a schedule. I have to do what is kind of expected of So you of can't me. just like obviously take an afternoon and go and sit and, and read a book. No, like, no, no absolutely not. So it is very much a job. Yeah, exactly. Even on press trips, you know, you wake, wake up, it's like eight at reception yeah. and you go and do whatever activity and then you meet this person and it is a job and you're obviously taking notes, you're creating images, you're thinking what, what's going to be the angle for my, my mm. feature, who can I pitch this to, who can I write for? Um, and it, yeah, it's, it's a job. So a holiday for me is... I don't have to pick up my phone. I don't have to do anything I don't want to do. I can yeah. do nothing. And that's it. You know, you're, you're, you're normal holiday. I actually get envious of people on their holidays. Yeah. You know, I took one week this year and that was it. But I think that's probably like a good thing for people to know as well. Because I think sometimes when people are looking from the outside in and they're looking at, you know, not only... Uh, bloggers and kind of influencers but I do think the travel sphere in particular is the one that's the most envious inducing you know because you, you just have these stunning pictures and and the food just looks ridiculously good and like everybody knows that it's work and people know that you're working but it still looks like the best goddamn job in the world yeah so it's probably good it's to true. know that it is in fact like a lot of a lot of work as well even if you think of your holiday it's not always glamorous and mm. there's early starts and late nights and delays and baggage being lost and traveling is tiring Actu yeah. the actual journey and you can't do what I do unless you enjoy the traveling part I right. like being at the airport I don't mind being on buses trains planes I love all that yeah. but it is tiring physically demanding and the different time zones and all that kind of thing so it's not always glamorous but I've kind of stopped trying to persuade people that it's not a holiday because they're going to think what they want to think yeah, and that's fine so true, and like yeah. yeah it's more exciting than being at a desk nine to five but at the same time, I don't get to clock off at five. I don't get my bank holidays off, weekends off, yeah. pay if I'm sick, you know. So yeah. there's pros and cons. And how do you find doing this solo? Like, would you be doing every trip by yourself or are you in a group of people you don't know or how does it usually work? It's always different and that's what I love about it. So I could just decide to go on my own. So I went to New Zealand completely mm -hmm. alone while I was there. I went to Fiji, stopped in Dubai on the way back. That was about six weeks. 
being completely solo, didn't know a single person. And then another time it will be with um, a group of journalists or bloggers okay. and a PR and it'll be the whole thing will be set up and that will be with a tourism board mm. or a hotel or whoever it is. Um, and then other times if I do something maybe in Ireland I can get to bring someone or I had a cruise recently where I had the opportunity to bring a plus one but mm. I decided to go alone. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I just it's easier because the other person doesn't understand that it is actually work. And they think of it as a holiday. Yeah. Holiday. And it is their holiday you know. So where, where was the cruise? In the Med and I absolutely loved it and I would totally recommend a cruise alone. Like a cruise ship as in like those massive yeah. massive cruise ships. I've I've seen so much information about them but I actually watched I don't know if you watched the Patriot Act Hassan Minhaj it's an amazing program on Netflix you should yeah. go um but the cruise ship industry is like multi billion oh God, dollar industry absolutely massive and once you do one you realize that how big it is and people who do it are like that's what they do they do cruising and they have yeah. all the merchandise and they have all the loyalty points yeah. and they know every name of every ship and all and this kind like of thing and they're like little floating countries essentially yeah. they well, have like they have everything, everything you need on them absolutely yeah. everything yeah see I get seasick and I don't know if that aff- if it affects you on a cruise because they're so massive if but... you're very badly seasick it could do yeah. but otherwise you don't really feel the motion yeah especially in the Mediterranean because it's not it's calm. Denise knows she's a travel blogger. It's calm. It's calm in the mess. It's very calm. Yeah. It actually is. That is something I do know. But it, it was really cool to be able to see all those places without having to pack and unpack every day. So that's what I do a lot. Yeah. Living out of a suitcase and always having to check out the hotel the yeah. next morning. You only stay a lot of places one night. So to be able to get on the cruise and unpack my suitcase oh, for yeah. seven days, I was so excited. Amazing. And then it started in Barcelona. I got to see um, Valencia, Ibiza, Marseille, Nice, La Spezia in Italy, where I went to Cinque Terre, which was amazing. And then it finished in Rome. So all of that. And I didn't have to wow. move myself. Oh, I just yeah. woke up in a new country every day. Do you ever feel pressure, especially if you're doing like a collaboration or a partnership with, say, like a tourism board or something? Do you ever feel pressure to not 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 be honest but like to to give the bad as well as the good because like you said sometimes holidays can be stressful like I go skiing most years with my family and we absolutely adore it but there's a there's a lot to a skiing holiday which is very underwhelming like you have to strap on those boots and you have to climb up the mountain and it's a lot and like if you're a small person like me like you're literally just getting jostled around until you actually get to mountain and then when you go down it's lovely and you and it makes it all worthwhile um but do you ever feel the pressure to just only show the good no no and I think that's why I have the audience that I do because they see that I'm real yeah and I I think anyway that I, I do show a balance of people don't want to watch just a whole story or whatever of negative stuff. Yeah, that absolutely. But um, you know, yeah, I, I definitely I'm like if this this food isn't great or you know they don't have proper hair dryer in this hotel or whatever it might yeah. be. Or when I was in Colombia, we were sick. Um, you all got sick. We were yeah <laughs> from the food. Just don't know, in but general, yeah, yeah, but like pretty rough. Yeah. yeah, and you can't necessarily hide that as well. Like, no, especially no, when no. you have to be on every single yeah. day. You know, they'll know if you're green. Totally. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then we had a nine-hour bus journey, and it was oh. really hot, and all this kind of stuff. And no, I, I let them know because it's there's no point in hiding it. Yeah. I don't want people to think that I'm lying or that I'm fake. It's yeah. just a fact of life. Absolutely. And I suppose, like as well. You know, we've had a lot of uh, women on the show who are freelancers and who kind of work for themselves. Um, and they talk about, like, obviously the 
the the amount of good that that brings, but also there are struggles. And, you know, I saw a tweet that you tweeted out recently and um, it was funny because you used a word that I'd never heard before. Was it necky? necky? Yeah. <laughs> like, it was, necky. like the neck of you. Like, like the neck of you, really yeah. Necky. Yeah, but Nadia used it in kind of like a, a necky tone. Okay, I love that. I, I love yeah, that. I loved it. I never heard of it before. But presumably this was to do with, with something, obviously you didn't go into too much detail about yeah. it. Um, but like, do you find that it's hard at times, you know, when it comes to, obviously you said at the beginning of your career there was a lot of like pitching and stuff, but you're very well established now. You have like over 27,000 followers on Instagram. You are an established travel writer and blogger, but you know, you still obviously have to combat the things that most freelancers do have to combat. And I'd say necky emails <laughs> yeah. are probably part yeah. of that. Definitely the necky emails. Um, everyone thinks that you're, you're only working for them. So they think that whatever job you're doing for them is it. And all of your time can be dedicated to this one thing. Yeah. And I could have 15 projects on the go at once. So they, they, they're thinking, you know, I'll send an email and I want an urgent response and I want this done yesterday. And you're like, I'm actually on deadline for this, this and this. Yeah. You know, yeah. why do you think that yours is the most important? And it's a lot of that. Like there's, there are other bad bits about, you know, not getting paid on time mm. and all that kind of stuff. But that comes with the territory. I don't really mind that. But it's the kind of entitlement of people who like keyboard warriors who are sitting there at their desk and they might just think that your life is, you know, it's not serious and yeah. you're there to answer to their That you have all the time command. in the world. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. You're like sipping a mimosa, yeah. like waiting for an email. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, I don't post too much about here I am at work on my laptop because again, it's boring. Mm. I know I do see people saying, you know, this is not always glamorous. Here I am, but I'm not going to post so much of that as well because it just like tries some people try and look like martyrs like here I am working late here I am working yeah. early I get the job done I don't need to show it but then I think I suppose people assume you have loads of free time yeah. yeah I saw like that um you know the tweet that you put out there it did get like quite a lot of support and stuff like mm -hmm. that as well so obviously that's not you're not alone oh no absolutely not in no. that and I try and keep most of it offline I would never I see people complaining about not getting paid and stuff and I just think like gotta have gotta be professional online yeah. but sometimes it gets to the point I would never name anybody I would yeah. never go into detail you don't need to no no mm. it's just kind of like like you say getting support knowing that you're not the only one in that and then yeah. you think okay it's not just me I think you can ride the way. Yeah, but I think it's almost a good way to do it as well. To you know, there's a huge community mm. of people who are working for themselves now in Ireland, particularly in the media landscape. You know, and I think it's hard as well. I would imagine, like I've never done it. I've never worked freelance myself. Um, but I'd say it's hard, you know, to feel like you're on your own, bashing yeah. down the door sometimes, um, when essentially you've done your work and you need to get mm. paid. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. And you know what? I have to say, the majority of people are great. Yeah. That I work with. You know, mostly people really understand mm. and they're, they're really nice to work with. And I also work with an agency who can pick up if, yeah. if I'm not, if I'm on a different time zone or even when I was on my holidays. Mm. So they were able to do some of the calls and emails okay. and stuff. So I do have support. Yeah. Um, and and like you say, there's so many of us in the country that are, are freelancers. Absolutely. So most of my friends are in the same industry. So, yeah. yeah, I do have the support. And I don't, I think it would be very tricky if I didn't. Absolutely. I do have to say that, that something has to be said about necky emails. Yeah. The tone mm -mm. that you can get across in an email in comparison to even like a WhatsApp or anything face to face, yeah. 
people sometimes just feel like they can get away with anything. As oh, per my last email. No! Oh. I mentioned. It's that kind of lingo, no. you know, yeah. where you're just like, oh my God, you're biting your fist and you're yeah. just like, I can't even respond to this right now. They would never There's, speak to you like that. Oh, they would life. never speak to you like that. Yeah. And it's, you know, when you get those emails and then you decide to like confront it face to face, it's like, oh, hi, hi, how are things? You know, they're so different when yeah. you meet them. Yeah. So I heard a rumor as well that you are now, correct me if I'm wrong, mm. um, are you or are you not or are you becoming a master of wine? Well, I wish I was becoming a master of wine. That's a really, Is really that a title? T- yeah, that's oh. a title. But that's a really, really tough exam. It's like one of the most failed exams in the world. Oh, and shit. I'd have to study for years and years yeah. and years before I get to that point. But I have started studying wine and Amazing. I have done a couple of exams. Um, so I have some qualifications and I'm going to continue. I want to be a champagne master. Oh, yeah, I, I want to do not? that too. Why not? I want to be that too. Not? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Denise. You have to. Yeah. I was in Champagne recently for a trip and um, one of the guys who was doing a cellar tour, I was asking loads of questions and he was saying, well, obviously you've studied, what are you going to do next? And he said, you should specialise in one thing. And I was going, yeah, that's actually a good idea. What do you think I should specialise in? And he was saying, well, Champagne, obviously. So, put the seed in my head and I look into it and I think I'm going to do it. I just love champagne so much. It's love great. Champagne. I love champagne And you so can just much. drink it all day. You don't get hangover. And now, stop you right there. Can't drink it all day um, because I fall <laughs> okay. over. But do love a couple of glasses of champagne. It's just so different because, you know, Prosecco, like, I mean, we were talking about events, like, Jesus, you'd have so Prosecco sucker. coming out of your veins. Like, Prosecco is everywhere. And just the difference between a Prosecco and a champagne is just... Prosecco oh. would have a bit more sugar in it. So, yeah. like, if you're having a lot of it, it will affect you differently. Mm. But, no, not champagne. Don't else. dare say that about yeah. champagne. I don't think you can beat champagne, to be honest with you. Oh, no, I love any bubbles, though. I love Prosecco, I love Cava. I yeah. love wine. Yeah, I love wine too. Yeah. And that very first trip was a wine trip. And then it's only last year I had a couple of months where I decided to stay at home during the summer and not travel for a bit. And then I just thought, right, I haven't learned anything new in a while. I need to use this time wisely. So I went and did a course and um, just continued on from there and have done because it goes hand in hand with travel, food yeah. and wine. And yes. I write for food and wine online mm. as well. And I just thought I really should know what I'm talking about. And plus, I really enjoy it. Yeah. And it's something, because, I mean, Instagram's not going to last forever. So I need to be thinking ahead. Yeah. And what am I going to do when that bubble bursts and I need a backup plan? Yeah. And that's I mean, when you think about it, like, you're hard pushed to find somebody who's not interested in food or wine. Yeah. Like, this is completely. the thing. Travel, absolutely. I mean, everybody is interested in it. And we're going to talk a little bit about what we can do now heading into the winter because, mm-hmm. obviously, the summer is over now. It was really Thank cold. You. Sorry, it was cold this morning, though, for the first time in a long mm-hmm. time. I felt a chill. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about how we can get ourselves through the next few months. Um, but first, I caught up with... A comedy legend, I'm going to call her a legend now at this point. She's been absolutely smashing it, as usual, here and in the UK as well. It's Joanne McNally. Joanne McNally, welcome to the show. A friend of the show, I would say you've been on 18 (laughs) times. Whenever I do shows, I'm a friend of the show. No one ever goes, no one ever goes, a personal friend of mine. They're like, she's just a friend of the show. You have I'm friends on, with her.ie. You're friends with her.ie. You've been on, you were on the very first episode, which just to remind people, um, I actually described you, you didn't see this now, but I described you as a comedy legend in your intro there. So first question, would you agree with that? <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. 
why not? It's last that down. Like, it's so funny. Like, you have to write all your own bios and everything. And it's so naff. You have to, like, big yourself up all the time. Um, so I'm used to I'm used to believing lies about myself. So, yeah, let's go with that. Absolutely. Comedy legend. Um, I want to talk about the Prosecco Express. It's premiering at Smock Alley Theatre as part of the Dublin Fringe Festival. So we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. But it's mad to think that singlehood mm. was 2014. And that was the first stage show that you did yeah and that was only five years ago i know like it feels like you've been around for decades i don't know if that's a good thing Liv. <laughs> as i was I say, don't know. as i, I was know. saying it i was like that's an insult yeah i'm like is it i don't really know so i like it's a funny thing because i still feel relatively new but yeah. i'm probably not that new anymore really like five years usually people you meet who are kind of doing like doing it full time and they're kind of getting placed they're 10 years in it yeah um so five is not that long a time but i know and i'd never done it's so weird how much i loved it like just straight away loved it like the last time i'd been on stage before that was literally my nativity actually no i stand corrected it was transition year and i did the sound of music did you think when you were doing the sound of music that you were going to be a, a star of the stage yes <laughs> What, what was, was your it? part? I was Ralph the Telegram Boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we were a convent, so they wouldn't let us, we couldn't do it with boys. You were the awful Nazi that ruined everything? Yeah, I was the one who threw everyone under the bus and ratted everyone out. Oh my God. I wanted to play Liesel. Um, everyone wants to play Liesel. Everyone wants to play Liesel, of course. Mm. But I was wide and tall and I remember the I say director because like I mean she, the religion teacher um, was, <laughs> was like I remember her saying to me you, we can't have Liesl taller than her father and I remember I was, yeah, that's the problem I was so upset and so of course I ended up playing like the man and had to have all my hair like slicked back and wore really unattractive clothes and it, triggered all my self-esteem issues and I fell off the stage one night not even messing it was so humiliating and my song was six octaves higher than Liesl's which made no sense at all so I, my voice kept cracking on the high note <laughs> it was a disaster but was there's like, actually video footage of it somewhere but it was this I'm absolutely I'm hunting that out now and putting that it's as the promo but it was that what's the song where you and her are singing in the She's seventeen. I'm, she's sixteen. Going on seventeen. You I'm seventeen. 16 yeah, that's where hers started, 17. and mine started. I am seventeen, going on eighteen, and mine only went up. Mine kept going up, like Disney songs. Oh. You start off and it's grand, and then by the end it's of it, terrible. It's like, oh. Yeah. Okay, so obviously that wasn't what you were going to do then. Well, I wanted to act. Mm. I did want to act. I knew I wanted to perform in some way. Um, I just loved attention so much. I was like, <laughs> maybe this could be my job. Uh, but my parents wouldn't have been that way inclined. Like my parents are quite like normal. Like yeah. they're not into acting and that kind of thing. Um, like my mum has said since, she's like, I just really didn't know what to do with you. You were just just kind of this performery mm. style child. Like I remember me and my um, bestie on the road, you know, you'd your bestie on the road. Yeah. And you just live in each other's houses. When we were babies, Astrid, we weren't babies. I mean, we were walking around, but we used to just knock on the neighbor's doors and just start singing. That sounds Awful. Yeah, and if they'd invite us in, we'd then perform. And so we'd practice all day. We'd were you looking for money, or were you just? No. <laughs> I mean, we should have been looking for money. We were terrible business women. In between the neighbors, we had them tormented between knocking on their door, 
like basically bursting into the house and insisting we perform for them yeah. in the evenings. Like they know more wanted us in their sitting room. And then of course we'd be around at the weekends trying to sell them flower shite from the garden as perfume. And they they did it all. I actually saw a young guy, a young child. Remember like we'd all sell stuff. You'd have your yeah. You'd be selling toys and all, and your neighbours from goodwill would spend money. You'd bring out your desk from the room. Exactly. And you'd put it on the road. Yes. And then you were in business. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Like, Excuse me, Tony. Do you not want yeah. this old doll that Ex I used to have? Exactly. Yeah. And your neighbours, we used to get them coming out from mass. Mm. Um, <laughs> so it would really pull on their kind of like goodwill strings. And we'd sell all sorts of shite. But I was in the other day in Clapham, where I live in London, I walked past and this young lad, this boy was trying to do the same thing. But obviously now times are different. Well, we think times are different. So his dad was sitting beside him mm. on a toy stool. <laughs> Just looked so I was like, I don't want to do business with you, sir. Like, I never wanted, like, no one bought anything off me because they wanted the product. <laughs> no one wanted my adorable. naughty toy. They wanted it because they, they were being sound to the child and they wanted the experience of doing business with the seven-year-old on yeah. side of the street. I'm not going to go over and do business with the grown man it just looks so weird <laughs> you just don't see that anymore in general though no. you don't see people dragging out their their toys to the front of the road i don't think it's accepted i don't know i think it's because pedophilia is so trendy now parents are so concerned so they don't let them sit outside i really really didn't want you to say that but i mean but that's why it is it is fair you're also not advised to go into neighbors houses and sing at night but no like, it's sad really yeah it it's is a sad stage it's, at the time it's a bygone era um but so obviously you were a performer have you seen your career unpaid go? and unqualified yes <laughs> have you seen your career go in five years which it doesn't uh, in terms of comedy i would say obviously successful and a long career but in terms of like the entertainment business there are people who've been in it for 20 25 years mm. so has your career gone in the way that you've wanted it to go well i mean i'm still here i had no plan because like it all was a very fortunate accident um it wasn't a plan Mm. which I think maybe in some ways is a positive thing because at the start there was no pressure on me really it was mm. something I was just trying I was like look it, if it works out it works out and I don't even know what working out looks like I don't know what that I don't know what I want like I, I don't know what I'm working towards I, usually I'm like oh I want to so my Vicar Street that was something to work towards yeah. Um, now I want the Apollo like that's my next thing so like I'm only going little by little and uh, my agents are like, what do you want? You know, you need, write it out, write your goals on the wall. And I'm like, I, d I don't know, just want to know, like just kind of hang out, do some gigs. And I need to be more, like, I'm not going to say I'm not ambitious, I am. Yeah. But I need to be more, I need to like plan my future more mm. rather than just like hammering ahead mm. with no bigger goal. Like I'm writing for telly now and stuff, writing bits and bobs. And I've just been cast in this new sketch show for ITV, mm. which I'm filming next week. So it's like... I think the premise is that you they you perform your stand-up in front of a live audience, but you also act out your stand-up. Like, they film you in a sketch of your stand-up, and that plays in the background, so the show is then interjected between... Oh, so it's my first time ITV. doing... TV. Yeah, so it's Fancy. my first time doing stand-up on telly. So, like, yes, it is moving in the right direction, yeah. but I've no idea what I want. But... <laughs> into a therapy session yeah I don't know what I'm doing and I have no idea what I want but you have made the big jump 
to living in London now. You're, you're there yeah. full time. <laughs> Which is so funny because, you know, I've been planning to live, like, I have UCAS forms. I wanted to go there for college. Mm. So I've been talking about going to London since I was 18. Um, which is, I mean, so it's a great entertainment to my friends that I actually made it at 35. Yeah. But, like, I mean, obviously, that was a career decision, though, as well. Yes. As, as and well a lifestyle as, decision. Yeah. It was. London's amazing. It was both. It was It was like, right, now I have a really good reason to go. Mm. Um, because, actually, the comedy world, if you compare, like, Ireland and the UK, there's just such mu so much more opportunity over there. Yeah. So many more clubs. Um, and the clubs are your gym. So the more clubs you do, like, the better you get is kind yeah. of the idea. Um, you're kind of working your muscles the whole time. Um, Did you have to start from, like, the ground up again in, in the UK? Or? Yes and no. Some clubs will take... Because I have I've a, a good agent over there. I'm with, I'm, with a, I'm with a good agency over there. So they would have some weight mm. and people would some bookers would go oh okay if she's with this person then obviously she's not completely shy let's mm. she you know she's obviously held a mic before let's yeah. kind of get her in and out but then there's other clubs that are like no 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 you'll do you know you'll come up like everyone else and that's fine yeah. so there's some clubs now that I gig regularly in some go, some gigs over there I'm already like I, I would kind of close or headline in and then there's other gigs I'm still waiting to get an open spot in yeah. so it's just it's completely variable yeah. um, and then once Edinburgh comes around every, it's every man for themselves and you're yeah. on an equal footing with everyone up there except obviously I've no telly behind me no English telly which yeah. really stands to you in Edinburgh um, so yeah so it's a mix so no I didn't have to start from scratch scratch yeah. like I had representation, I had management and all that kind of thing. But, you know, I didn't kind of move sideways into the club scene over there yeah. from here. That didn't happen either. And, and that's about, fine. What about Irish comics over there? Obviously, like, there's the massive names that we all know and stuff. But, you know, for people who say didn't have the profile that you had here in Ireland, that have just gone to London to kind of try and crack the the comedy circuit over there yeah. like is that tough do you see a lot of Irish comics over there that are like in a much lower position than you it's a weird uh, so I went at a, at a, I think I went at actually the perfect time and I don't get that much right in my life I'm, and I have very bad timing usually but it just so happened that I I think I made the decision at the right time because I don't I can sell some tickets here mm. but I'm not big here like I'm kind of just bubbling away at my own level so there's no you know like sometimes if you're quite big somewhere and then you go somewhere else and it doesn't work out you can kind of feel like you're coming home with your tail between your legs yeah. you can be there's some there's sometimes some shame attached to it um which of course there shouldn't be but you know i can understand people sometimes feeling like that whereas i had none of that pressure like yeah. i was barely visible here i'm totally invisible over there mm. and i can just kind of mess around hone my jokes work on my stand-up so, what was the question other <laughs> irish acts <laughs> I'm only comfortable with by myself, Neve. I don't know why you want to talk about anyone else. Um, so this show, we've digressed. This show, right, Prosecco Express, tell me how it's different to the shows that you've done previously. Well, it's stand-up, mm. um, but this show, so the, the theme is different, I guess. Yeah. So in for Edinburgh, there's like a kind of a, a trend to have yeah. a themed show. It makes it easier to sell. People know what they're getting. Because yeah. you had Bite Me, of course. Bite Me was the first show, so that mm. was more comedy theatre. Mm. And then I had to make it, Bite Me was about bulimia and eating disorders. And, stuff. and then I had to make a decision. I felt like I had to make a decision. Right? Am I am I stand am I doing stand up or am I doing comedy theatre? Because I think it was getting confusing for people. People were coming to bite me, and then the next year I did Wine Tamer, which is just pure yeah. stand up. And they're like, "Oh, there's no like, yeah. where's the sad bit? Or there's no kind of story arc? Or there's no light and dark in yeah. Wine Tamer? It was just light. Stand up, yeah. yeah. 
Um, so yeah so I haven't done anything like bite me since it's not to say I won't again at some yeah. stage but at the moment just focusing on just trying to write really really as funny as I can be with topics that I enjoy talking about. Yeah. Um, so the Prosecco Express, the name came about because I like putting alcohol in my show titles because it attracts women that I enjoy. And um, <laughs> like last year, Wine Timer worked very well for me. Because um, it's going to be the theme now moving yeah, forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alcohol It'll be puns. the whiskey Bibles next year, something. Yeah. Um, so I... Then, when I started writing the show, so I originally, so if anyone looks at the Smock Alley or the Fringe website, the bio there about the show is absolutely a lie. I meant to, I keep meaning to write to them to change that. So I thought I was going to write a show about this kind of idea of belonging and sense of belonging and identity. And I, I've always been really interested in, as an adoptive person, like how much of my personality did I inherit and how much of it did it like was kind of built yeah. by my environment? Which, of course, is an impossible question, really, because it's like, mixing paint and then trying to pull the colours back out again. It's yeah. very difficult. But I wanted to write a show about that, a funny show about DNA and destiny and where they meet and where's the line. Um, and then, sure, I lost. I wrote all the blurbs, wrote everything, sent it all off to the printers, all the posters got printed and then I lost absolute interest in that. Shows nothing about that anymore. <laughs> so then it evolved. So I was like, God, ultimately, I love, I adore and I'm fascinated by relationships, mm -hmm. uh, marriage, kids, all those things because I haven't done any of it yet. Yeah. So I feel like I'm an observer. Yeah, I'm kind of observing it all. Documentaries about motherhood and stuff. Made Baby Hater, mm -hmm. yeah, which just was on in Finland the other night. <laughs> so, you speak Finnish? <laughs> I speak Finnish. Eh? Some guy emailed me. He's like, I loved Baby Heater. And I was like, thank you. I am. He's like, the, you are the Baby Heater. <laughs> I was like, I am. The, I'm a professional Baby Heater. <laughs> yep, that's me. Um, so those topics really interest me. And yeah. I, I just don't seem to be able to get away from them, really. Plus, I think they interest a lot of people. So the Prosecco Express then became about me drinking Prosecco at other people's milestones. So stones I have not miled. So That's like amazing. weddings, you know, communions, christenings. And you're, I'm always on my own makes it sound like I'm a, I'm very sad. I'm no, not. But you're on the Prosecco Express. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I'm on other people's Prosecco Express drinking their Prosecco at their events. Do you feel like people who are who are having those milestones kind of still want to be on the Express a little bit though? Well, <sighs> no. I think They'll it, never admit no, it. I don't know. I think some of them do and some of them don't. I think mm. we, we're not on, we don't make decisions like our parents did. Like my, you know, our parents, well certainly my parents would have gotten married very young and a lot of it was to do with sex before marriage and all like and they, you know, couldn't have sex before marriage. What no one told them was you don't have sex in a marriage either. So mm. they got totally shafted. But uh, <laughs> they, like my mum got married at like 12. Like she was groomed to be a mother, yeah. like, you know, and to have children. And I'd say her first words were like, what time do you call this? Like, she's just that kind of woman. Um, and I'm not that kind of woman. So I'm, I'm watching it all. And there are parts of it that I am envious of. Yeah. I love that idea of having like a team, you know, mm. like your partner in crime, someone who always has your back and, you can raise children so that you don't have to die alone. Your children have to watch you die. I don't know if that's oh, an obligation. I don't know if they have to like literally make eye contact with you as you pass <laughs> on. I don't know. Um, but I do worry like if I don't get married and have kids and if I don't, because what people tend to do is multiply themselves. They use other people as buffers between them and the world. So mm. like, you know, they're like, it's like human skeletons. Like they're kind of protecting themselves, like scaffolding with like, spouses, babies. Uh, so what happens to me if I don't do those things, which is kind of where the start of the show, where the show was born out of. So then it talks about my two friends, Denise and Carol, and Denise is like, 
you know, she's kind of the more traditional one. Carol's the uh, radical environmentalist feminist one. That's how she gets her sense of belonging is from mm. that world. And it's about three of us and our friendships and then a relationship I had and the things that Denise has to do to keep her marriage going. Like, it's not a walk in the park. Also, like, you know, getting married. And if anyone was to get married in their 20s now, I would literally stage an intervention. Like, I think it's absolute madness. It is madness, yeah. We could live till we're 150. You'd be like, till death do us a favour. You'd just be so sick of them. Yeah. I think that's relentless. <laughs> so these are just all thoughts. And then yeah. it just all went into a show. And now the show is the then, Prosecco Express. But it is, it's very observational the the comedy that you do it's always reflective of like what's kind of going going on, on. yeah in my life in your she, own that's life. all I know yeah that's all I know and like if if I was actually writing about what's actually going on in my life I'd have to be writing a stand up show by sitting on a train <laughs> on my own driving across England which no one wants to hear um, so I get a lot of my stuff just from my friends like yeah. that's why I can always justify going out to drink with my friends because I'm like it's work it's research yeah. it's work because I do I always ask them about their lives and my life at the moment is quite contained mm. um, like I tried to go a date with a guy recently and I gave him one date that I was free that he couldn't do and that no sorry oh, sorry went to a date with a guy before Edinburgh went on one date and he's like do you want to do it again and I was like yeah yeah cool and he's like when are you free and I said <laughs> did I say? this was like uh, July and I said I can meet you I think it was like the 28th of September and he was like okay so my, I don't have the freedom to do it at the moment like things were quieting down at the things were quieting down in a month or two um, so I have to live through my friends I have to steal their lives basically for my show they don't mind Tell me about where people can go to get tickets for this. Tell us the dates first off. So the dates, it's running in the Smock Alley in the Dublin Fringe from the 10th to the 15th of September. And there's a matinee on the Saturday. So I think, yeah, there's uh, two shows on the Saturday. Tickets are 16 euro to my knowledge yeah. unless of course you are a student so just go on to Dublin Fringe and you can get all the information blah there blah as blah well. so tickets are on Dublin <laughs> Fringe and the Smock Alley website there was a bit of trouble with the tickets there was uh, but it's all sorted now um, people were getting me very excited going you're sold out I can't get tickets I was like am I and then I realised it was just a problem with the system and I wasn't sold out at all which was devastating it's a glitch yeah um, but yeah or the tickets are on my website at dramacnally.com do you like coming home to Ireland to perform love it yeah I just read a book about homing pigeons I just did this uh, podcast book club thing which was amazing because I was forced to read books that I would never read give us an example one of them was homing and it's about homing pigeons it's about, by this guy called John Day John Daly John Day it was brilliant shut up oh my god it was so good so basically what it's section all of a bookshop would that even be I know, in like I, the nature section I don't know I really don't know and it, when I was reading reviews about it they were saying that they were like is it a bird book is it a fiction it's it's a non-fiction because it's actually about his life but they're like is it autobiographical is it a nature book nobody knows <laughs> uh, but it's so beautifully written and it's so fascinating nothing really happens in it to be honest yeah. this man becomes a pigeon fancier it's his own life that's what they call them pigeon fanciers and it talks about like what pigeons have done and there's pictures of pigeons with little cameras strapped to them pigeons took the first aerial photos in like back in the 1900s or whatever and um, pigeons have been seen to use roundabouts <laughs> Homing pigeons, because it's actually kind of a mystery of how they home. They're not sure how they do it. They have like this inner compass. I they think they smell the wind, but they've been used. They've been seen to use actual exits on roundabouts that they're supposed to take. Yeah, they're fascinating, but the pigeons that these 
people are talking about are very different to the pigeons that you and I would encounter on a date. Like I saw oh, like the knocker pigeons smoking in town. Yeah, like yeah. I saw on your Instagram there was a pigeon. Was it your Instagram or was it someone's? I don't know. Was with there the one leg was me? <laughs> the pigeon with the one leg, yeah. and you were just like, I can't go over it. I was like, oh my god! And I obviously just read this whole book about pigeons and how amazing they were. And here was this little dude with one leg, and then someone messaged me going, Oh, they took it up under their thing I don't know for attention I don't know <laughs> they're very smart like don't underestimate pigeons they're ballsy yeah what was the question there do I like coming back to Ireland <laughs> <laughs> yes I was saying that you are the, a pigeon no the, oh. yes yes I guess yes I am and yes I, to conclude the John Neve I am a pigeon uh, a home <laughs> pigeon and home to me is a feeling it's not actually a place yeah. and Ireland gives me a it's a feeling. A little bit too much about uh, pigeons, but Joanne McNally, we... Put have, out the pigeons. We have, no, absolutely, absolutely keeping that in. <laughs> Joanne McNally, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. So that was Joanne McNally there. Uh, all the information, as she said, you can go and check it out on her Instagram. She she hates talking about herself and her shows, but as we mentioned there, she always does it. So all the information <laughs> is there as well. Um, so we're back now with Nadia and Denise. Denise, I want to talk to you a little bit because, like we said earlier the last time we had you on, we were talking about Love Island. And yes. speaking of the definition of, of summer ending, it's officially over now. Like, we're in September. This is it. Um, is the, the end of Love Island as well. So, I mean, oh, I suppose it's been eight weeks now. Did you watch Love Island, Nadia? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. I missed the last couple because I went to Colombia, but the, the end is always a bit boring, isn't it? It kind of yeah. is. They're yeah. going on the big dates and it's a bit cringy. And Once yeah. the drama fizzles out yeah. and people have stopped recoupling, you then know that you're just kind of plain sailing yeah. till the end, so yeah. Yeah, that's a fair point, actually. It did get a little bit boring towards the end. Um, but there's been collaborations, there's mm -hmm. been fashion lines, there's been breakups, there's been new love connections, usually with ex-Love Islander <laughs> cast <laughs> members. I don't know how they find yeah. each other. I don't know. It's See, just... they're all going to the same events and they yeah. all get invited to the same parties and it's a case of, like, you were on last year, I was on this year, like, ha, 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 and they get to mingle and this is just... I yeah. don't know, Love Island just generates more like Love Island couples from previous series and it, it always happens. Yeah, Arabella, they agents, yeah they? they do. See, that's a lot of it too. I feel like their agents are kind of like pulling the strings as yeah. well a little bit. Um, but uh, Den uh, Denise presented, I've got a text for three weeks, three days. Three weeks? Three. I did it for three days three a week. Three days <laughs> a week. <laughs> of my oh, life. <laughs> three days a week for eight weeks. Oh. And uh, yeah, so it was an intense... Um, an intense situation, yeah. but obviously you were very dedicated to it. Yeah. Did you have a come down yourself after the show ended? I did a bit. See, that's when I went away. I yeah. was like, you know, jet out of the country, get away from everything to do with Love Island, everything <laughs> to do with entertainment for a while. I'm mm. back in it now quite deep. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I needed, I definitely needed that break after we were recording it at 7am every morning. That's uh, it. And it was great. I had you on quite a bit as well, mm -hmm. as well as producing the show for me. And then I also had um, a kind of revolving door of guests, which is fabulous too, because everyone loves Love Island yeah. and it's such an easy yeah. topic to talk about that my show could have been an hour I could have talked yeah, about it yeah what day. I found so interesting as well about the show like once we got it up and running people were approaching you about like coming on because yeah. the thing with the show like Love Island is that it's not just about the actual show it's the talkability that it brings with yeah. it so like everybody has an opinion on relationships it's kind of like the producers of that show just hit gold they in, do. in terms of mm. like yeah get a bunch of like 
ridiculously attractive people together on an island and uh, get them to kind of fancy each other. Like it's not rocket science, but the ins and outs of these little micro relationships is what made it such a talking point with no. everybody, with people that you wouldn't expect yeah. to watch trash TV. It's like a social experiment. Even if yes. you don't watch other reality TV, it's just the, yeah, the relationships and that. It's just so And even if you watch Love Island with your friends, everyone wants to give their five cents. Yeah. Like there's been times that we used to have to pause the TV yeah. because I was like, I need to figure out what's happening next. What do you want to say? And they're like, oh my God, Tom's an asshole. I can't yeah. believe Danny's after doing there. What the fuck is wrong with Michael? You know, everyone has something they want to say. And I even found that like people would be approaching me to come on the show and they're like, I can't believe what happened tonight. This better be the case still on Friday when I'm coming on. And I'm like, it better be because yeah. it'll be great. A great talking point, you Absolutely, know? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And it definitely like, it took over everybody's life. It was a massive success this mm -hmm. year as well because, you know, it is going to drop off. It's going to wane. It's going to have the big brother effect. Eventually people will tire of it. Um, but that doesn't seem to be the case at the moment. There's going to be two versions. Winter, a yeah. winter version. Like South Africa for yeah. winter, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting. I have they're a flogging that horse. They're now. flogging the horse oh. now, and I have a feeling that they're noticing that their time is limited. Mm. So they're like, let's just double it. Yeah, while they can now. While they can, mm. because there is going to come a time when we're going to be like Love Island. I couldn't be arsed. Yeah, absolutely. To that kind of time to watch it. it isn't winter a better week. time to have it? Because nine o'clock on a summer's night, you probably should be out doing nice stuff. Oh, yeah. We should we should all be at events. Yeah. But I was yeah. at home. Watching yeah. Love but there has been times I've been at events and we've noticed everyone drop off at around half eight because everyone's like skirting to leave to go home. Absolutely. Sure. So yeah, I do think winter will be a better time because everyone is inside. It's going to be pissing rain outside, obviously, because yeah. yeah. inevitably it's Ireland and everyone will be hooked to it and it will be something that will kind of tip us over for the winter. So yeah, I'm excited. I'm yeah. very excited for it to come back. I mean, it's funny that even, even a month on, um, and like, you know, yourself from, from working in this industry, it still holds a huge amount of gravity in terms of, of news and the news cycle. Like we ran a piece on site there during the week about Michael. He's going on another dating reality TV show. He's going on X on the Beach, X on the beach oh, yeah. which I think he's going on the American version of it. So The Sun reported this and they said... Well, an insider said, uh, Michael was one of the standout stars on this year's Love Island thanks to his love triangle with Amber and Joanna. See, get yourself a triangle and you'll, yeah. and you'll do all right. Yeah, you you know, this is what I find. He's had a lot of female attention since leaving the villa but hasn't found that special someone so he's hoping this show will help fix that. No, he's not. And it's only been a month or something? He's not at all. And if you remember, if you watched Love Island in uh, 2018, Adam Collard, he was another, yeah, yeah he's another star. He got approached to be on um, X on the Beach as well. And he did this like tell all on his YouTube where he said, oh, I've got a girlfriend already. And they wanted him to just go on the show to kind of like, you know, pitter patter between women being like, I don't know what it is that I want. And then he'd get 25,000 pounds. But yeah, that's what you want. Hard to say no, no. Yeah. But I mean, X on the beach. And when I when it comes to like, you know, hitting gold with the reality TV concept, I think X on the beach is the worst idea that I've ever heard of. Imagine. You couldn't pay me, you no. couldn't pay me a million, to be honest with you, to be on a beach and have one of a number of exes turn up. Like, oh I'd rather do anything else. No, I'd rather I, do anything else. I always imagine myself on a week, because I watch everything reality okay. TV. And I'd be sitting at home with my friends and I'm like, if I came out, so the so you're sitting on the beach and the exes come out of the sea. Yeah. Which, like, by the way, I'm sorry, but from a pr production point of view, they have to get those people to that point where they walk out. <laughs> well, they walk so out. They, they don't, they don't swim there. Whether, they walk in from whether the it's a jet ski or like mm. a little boat, I don't know, but 
They can see what X is yeah. coming out. They don't swim mm. to the island, you know, <laughs> but they're walking out and they, they come out from the water. And I'm like, if I came out from the water like that in my bikini, <laughs> hair gel back, no makeup, I was like, everyone would run off the beach. I was like, how did they just make this? And everyone looks stunning. You're That's just like, it. wow. Like when you come out of the ocean, like there's usually some snot hanging oh, off yeah. and stuff you're like itchy that. itchy and, you know, <laughs> your hair is not in one piece. Off, yeah. Bit of seaweed, yeah. yeah. Um, but it couldn't pay me. No. No. To, because you know it's never going to be the good ex that ended amicably and no. like you wish them well it's it's going to be it's going to be the dramatic Even so, ex so I don't want to share a villa with them or no. see them again I know the thing is they see them with someone else they get well? people that they've like had recent one night stands with yeah, where they kind really and they're unsure of where they stand yeah. so then it makes good TV because yeah. reality TV has a lot to answer for and I feel like we'll be paying for it for generations to oh, come absolutely, yeah, yeah. absolutely but we do like Love Island yeah we love Love Island yeah. we'll, and it's we'll kind of it. I think brought Mallorca back to people's minds yeah. yeah, because it was all Ibiza for quite a while but Mallorca is really I've heard a lot more people going this year Yeah, and I think it's got to be to do with Love Island Absolutely um, so it is like we said kind of the end of the summer even though we don't want to accept it so heading into the winter months it's depressing a lot of people don't have any annual leave left um, and it's just it's just one of those changing season moments that we're going through. So I suppose from from kind of a travel writer and blogger perspective, like, do you have any kind of tips in terms of things that people can do that they don't have the time or the money to go on any more big trips? And also it's come to the end of the year and it's getting a little bit cold, but like are weekend trips the kind of ticket? Do you think like city break would be a good thing? Basically, how can we just get through it without... <laughs> wanting to go on X on the beach, for example. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think this year, especially, I've seen a lot more people do Irish trips. So just staying at home and doing staycations. Staycations. Yeah, going mm. west. Like, Ireland's absolutely beautiful. And it doesn't have to be good weather because we don't expect yeah. that. Mm. So, you know, just put your raincoat on, wrap up warm, drive to the west coast or you can even still do activities and stuff. You can still put on a wetsuit and go surfing. Yeah. Um, there's beautiful hotels. Everywhere in Ireland, we have a stunning coastline. There's so much to do. It's not always the cheapest is the only thing. Like yeah, accommodation can be quite expensive. expensive. Yeah, yeah it can. can be. Yeah, yeah. But there's, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of choice. So I think you know that's definitely something you can do. And also, you know, even just going to Northern Ireland, going to Belfast. I was up there recently. I love that city. Yeah, Belfast love is amazing. Belfast. Yeah, I went up to the Titanic Museum actually there a while ago, and uh, it's just an amazing afternoon. It was absolutely piss and rain outside, but it didn't matter. Yeah, because we spent were, hours in there. We were in the museum for literally yeah. hours. Yeah. I went to the Christmas markets there as well last year. Yeah. They're fucking fabulous. Yeah, They're really nice. That's right. Yeah. There, City Hall at Christmas, and it's gorgeous. I think it starts at the end of November. You can do all the Game of Thrones stuff. If, if Game of Thrones has left another gaping hole in your yeah. heart, all of that stuff like. Mm -hmm. The Dark Hedges and all that, um, Giant's Causeway, the Caracarid Rope Bridge. There's loads up on the north coast as well. If you want to stay in Belfast and do day trips as yeah. well, um, but but city breaks abroad. Lisbon is still oh, so popular, stunning. Yeah, love Lisbon. Yeah. Have you been to Lisbon? No, I haven't. Oh, but yeah, the amazing. pictures of it and everything. Yeah. Those little tram cars that yeah. go up and down the streets. I always see those on Instagram. Yeah, like that exactly. now again, and I'm like, I want to go there. Yeah, it's incredible. And if you've already been to Lisbon, Porto is a lovely, lovely yeah. city to go to as well. So, I mean, yeah, there are places that you can do. Portugal is great because it's only a couple of hours, the flight. But even going to Berlin, and there's loads of places. Mm. I'd just say go on Skyscanner. Um, if you're not f fussy about where you're mm. going, you can just say Dublin or wherever you are in Ireland to everywhere or anywhere and it will tell you where is cheapest so yeah. we'll come up with countries first then cities and you can pick your dates and everything and you can just find cheap flights and, and go do, do it that way amazing amazing yeah. I really want to like go book somewhere 
bright, spontaneous. Yeah. But yeah. like yeah. Christmas markets, like you said, yeah, yeah, not just in Ireland, but New York I, was, I did the Berlin yeah. ones as well, and they're fantastic. Yeah. I was in Belgium actually for Christmas markets one year, and it was incredible. It's such a nice feeling. You just get hot mulled wine, yeah. even though I don't really like mulled wine, but you just have to when you're at a Christmas yeah. market. You absolutely do. For the picture. It's something to look forward to. Yeah, definitely. Um, another thing that I just wanted to ask you before you go, because I feel like we can't have uh, someone who is as traveled as you without getting the tips for traveling. So I saw a post that you did about uh, you were abroad and you just said you don't need new clothes yeah. when you travel. And I thought that was a really kind of, it's just a nice line to say, because sometimes people get this travel panic about like, have I got enough stuff packed with me? I have always always overpacked like I went to Dubai for work one year for god I think I was there for three days I'm actually quite embarrassed to say this and I brought seven pairs of shoes <laughs> I did not wear any of them I literally wore one pair of shoes for the entire time but I don't know why I'm just one of those people who like panic it's, panic, like like say, yeah. Yeah. it's a panic kind of overpacking but so like if people are going away or if they're going on trips, like what are the kind of essential things you do in order to maybe take a little bit of that stress away and just keep things simple? Not go on a shopping spree before, potentially. I think it probably started when I was doing sun trips in the winter and you can't buy stuff. Yeah. And then I realized like, I actually have enough and I don't need anything new. And also, of course, everyone's much more aware of sustainability yes. and fast fashion at the moment. So not wanting to always buy new stuff. So it's happened over time with me. Not, it hasn't just been sudden. Mm. But I keep my color palette really simple. It's always just denim, black, white, and things that can mix and match, yeah. and classic styles. So I don't really follow trends that much. I just have a, a very kind of simple classic style. Um, and they work for every location, um, every, every time of year. And mm. so I can just bring out the summer stuff, the same things every time, and throw in a couple of like prints or florals, because they always work, you know. Yeah. Um, and then... If, it, if it's not somewhere hot, you, sure, you can just be wearing what you're wearing at home anyway. So yeah. I, I have a tip that really helped me is I unfollowed a lot of people who are showing new clothes every day. Right. It's just not for me. That's fine. I'm not knocking them, but it's mm. not for me. And I don't want to see that because if I feel then I can't be seen in the same outfit twice. Yeah. Of course you can. That's like an outrageous mad. idea. Yeah. yeah. don't know how we got to that point. But, you know, people are starting to talk about shopping in charity shops and rewearing stuff. I've got a hashtag on my Instagram, the Daily Self Rewears, and it's me in different places with the same outfits. And it's yeah. over years. So, like, I'm wearing See, the same swimsuit. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. No one's ever going to stop me and be like, can't believe you're wearing that again. Yeah, yeah like if you, you wash know? your clothes, like what's the problem? Yeah. Like yeah. honestly, I washed it before yeah. I wore it again, but yeah. I bought it, so I'm going to wear it again. Exactly. Yeah. You can't just wear something once. It's, you can't afford to do that anyway. No, yeah. And the planet cannot take it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just make it a lot more simple so that I can mix and match things. So it's easier to pack. Even though I, I'm much better at better at packing than I used to. I still hate it. Do you hate packing? I hate I packing. Hate packing. <laughs> yeah, I hate packing. I hate it. Do you hate packing? Passion. I hate packing and I hate unpacking. I hate both of them. I hate I don't both mind of unpacking. Them. I just throw everything in the washing oh machine. Oh my God, no. It's like my suitcase sits there for so long and I think <laughs> I'm just on such a downer from being back. Yeah. I'm like, you're a reminder that I'm home. <laughs> Sometimes I don't unpack. Like I literally just kind of take things out as I need as like I'll know. wash the dirty clothes or whatever but sometimes I will leave a suitcase there because I travel quite a bit like back and forth to London yeah. and sometimes if it's a weekend and then it's another weekend I'll just leave the overnight bag there like I'll take out the dirty clothes and then I'll just repack it add now in bits. add yeah. in bits so sometimes yeah. I honestly just don't unpack which is a terrible thing my mother will kill me the reason I hate packing is because I'm really bad at it to be honest with you like there was one time I went on a ski trip and I bought I brought like five different animal hats with me and no underwear. 
like li- literally no underwear and just loads of hats. And I was just like, what, what am I supposed to do? Wear the I, animal hats. Yeah, I wasn't going to ski commando. So I had to go and try and find somewhere It's in the really Alps. expensive as well. Yeah, to get underwear, oh, you know. So I'm just really bad at If that. you make a list, it really helps. I know, so yeah. I've heard this. Yeah, I know, I don't know. I'm not an organized person, which is why it helps. Yeah. So it really prevents you from overpacking. And if you can even say, if you kind of know what you're doing, like, this is going to have a beach day, we're going to have um, whatever night out. Mm. You can decide, I need this many going out, yeah. Yeah. and whatever. Pick shoes and stuff that go with everything. You're going to wear what's most comfortable, yeah. realistically. Absolutely. If something isn't comfortable, you aren't going to wear it. You can't walk. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. So you need to be... I have much better time when I'm comfortable. Yeah, I feel like it's sometimes as well, like a lot of people that I follow on Instagram who I love and they're incredible influencers, but they they are just so organized. And sometimes they have like, you know, we'd all have the odd rail, clothing rail or whatever. Like sometimes they dedicate their packing to a certain rail and they get it all like sorted yeah, like that this. <laughs> and, I, and I'm just like, wow. And the shoes are underneath the clothes and everything is and like then it matching. All goes right. in. Don't forget, that's do Instagram. That. Yeah. that is not real life. Yeah. And it can't be real. No, and also, <laughs> a lot of fashion bloggers are sent all of this stuff before they go. So yeah. like, that's what I'm talking about, the pressure of Instagram. Yeah. So I unfollow people who make me feel like I'm not good enough or like what I'm wearing isn't good enough for Instagram or for my photos. Yeah. That's not realistic. Not like the normal person isn't sent 10 outfits before their holiday. Yeah. And they don't have time to do that. They're in work. They don't mm. have the money to do it. So just going through your wardrobe and picking bits like I have my summer stuff and just, I'm going to have to change yeah. now. Mm, yeah. Now that you've said summer Sorry. is... I've, I've officially is said it. It's over. Yeah. 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 It's wind. It's going to be woolies now. And stuff. <laughs> I'm, yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah, so I'm just... Just don't feel... Try not to feel pressurized because pressure. it's not real. Yeah. 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 I agree with that. I went out and got myself a rail and then now my rail like goes like this because I built it myself. So oh, no. that's definitely not on Instagram as well. Um, Nadia, what's coming up for you then? Any big trips that you can tell us about that are coming? I mean, you've been on so many trips in the last few months that all look incredible. But um, anything that you're really excited about that we can watch out for? Well, I'm really looking forward to going back to, it's Campo Viejo, it's called in uh, Rioja in Spain. So it's harvest time. And okay. I've always wanted oh. to be somewhere like in a wine producing region at harvest. So we'll be crushing the grapes and picking grapes That's and all that amazing. kind of stuff. Yeah, and it's the winery is really close to the town where you can do like a tapas trail, walk through the town. So I'm looking forward to that. And Spain's my favorite country, so underrated. Yeah. Um, I have a holiday, a weekend holiday with all my girlfriends um, in Portugal at the end of the month for my birthday and then I don't have really any plans so I've been asking on my Instagram where would you like to see mm. because I've always just gone where I want to go yeah and it probably would make more sense to see what people <laughs> actually want to see because they might be like Colombia I have no interest in that yeah so I asked and it was Japan like that's where people want to yeah, see I was in Alaska. Japan and it's just it's absolutely life-changing that's what like, everybody says it's literally yeah. life-changing Japan is my next big trip for yeah. next year and Louis, where I Louise Cooney go. was in Japan there like literally a couple of months after me and I was messaging you her while she was there I, obviously <laughs> obviously I influenced Louise Cooney but um, no big deal uh, I was messaging her uh, she was on the bullet train and it was I couldn't sleep and obviously Obviously, like with the time difference, it was a different time. But uh, I was like, it's so cool how when they leave every carriage, they turn around and give the carriage a bow and then they walk out. Oh, wow. like, I didn't notice that amazing now. That's all I'm looking at. But like, it's just such an unbelievable culture. And, and it's just so different to ours as well. Like, yeah. That's what I'm like most fascinated by. It's mm -hmm. just so different. Yeah, it's but so even cool. the fashion of the Japanese women is just so like, it's literally, it's almost uniformed. Like it's a, it's a tiny white tee, it's a long skirt and it's shoes, but I, they just look so chic. 
though. Mm. It's their hair, it's their makeup, it's everything. Like you just, like I, I felt like not the best actually. To be honest with you. <laughs> I don't want that. <laughs> no, but they just are. They're just so chic. Like they just, they have it nailed. I feel like that in France. Yeah. 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 Well, that's it. Oh, they, just, yeah. they just have yeah. it nailed, yeah. But, uh, but like, yeah, everybody says it and I have never had any desire whatsoever to go to Japan or China. And, but hearing you talk about it like that, like I, I'm going to have to yeah. bite the bullet train. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was very sick in China. I got really sick oh. in China. Yeah, so I'd be a bit worried about the food. I don't know why because I travel all the time and I yeah. eat, I try stuff. But but it's kind of part of traveling as well. Like yeah. these kind of these kind of things happen. Um, but Alaska, now yeah. that would be that would be yeah. insane. I really want to go somewhere really cold. Well, Antarctica is my number one. Like yeah. that is the top of my bucket list. Wow. But it's really expensive to get to Antarctica. And if I do, that will be, I'll have been to every continent. But um, wow. does Antarctica have hotels and things like that? Like. I think most of the trips you do are a cruise. Okay. So like an expedition boat yes. from Patagonia, from like sat all the way south of America. Oh, wow. Um, are you just picturing like Oh, I'm just ice. seeing but it is, yeah, yeah. polar bears. That's in my well, mind. Well, right I now. think, yeah. I haven't been, so I think that's what it is. see a polar bear, you'd, you'd want to flip and just run. Yeah, yeah. but I think, yeah. is it polar bears in Alaska? Ooh. But it's bears. Don't know. No, Alaska is, Arctic Circle. I'm thinking of Alaska as an igloo again. Like that's all I can see. Well, see Alaska see. has people and hotels and stuff, okay. whereas Antarctica has no indigenous population. Wow. So yeah, yeah. it's, Jeez, it's just, so it good. is just ice. <laughs> yeah. I think there's polar bears in every place that you said, but also I don't think it's bad that we don't necessarily know. It's very far away. Well, that's yeah. the thing. Like I don't know. That's yeah. why I have to and go unless you figure go, it out. Then you need to show us exactly. yes, so we can be like. Oh, there's the polar bears. But there's definitely bears in Alaska. Yeah. yeah. And um, when I said I want to go to Alaska, then people were like, you have to go to British Columbia and Canada. And they have, I think at the moment, like coming into September, October is where you see the salmon, the salmon jumping. Oh, jumping yes, 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 I love yes, salmon. Yes. Salmon's my favourite thing. <laughs> favourite thing to eat. Yeah, I just <laughs> love salmon. So I was like, yeah, I need to go to that. Yeah. And then uh, whales and all of that kind of stuff. So Amazing. Yeah, I, I wanted to do something a little bit different. A cold trip where you can wrap up, cosy, and yeah. Yeah, yeah. that sounds fabulous. Or, or Arctic Circle or, or like Norway and all the fjords. I love being on boats, so anything to do with the water and boats yeah. and coastline and love whales and dolphins yeah. and all that kind of stuff so incredible well I would implore anybody who's listening or watching to go and follow Nadia obviously and send in the requests where you want to go yeah. um, Japan Alaska they would be my like you have to go to Japan oh my yeah. god just I think I'll, I'll go wherever anyone wherever we, wherever we tell you to go <laughs> yeah you, you decide Denise Curtin and Nadia thank you so much thank you for coming in thank you thank you